Good morning. Glad you all are here. Glad to be here. Um, missed you folks last week. We're in Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, I got, I got to say that um, if you're thinking about it or you know people who might have a lot of questions, I mean, Alpha, the Alpha course is a really, really great place. And so I just want to encourage you maybe just take that little step. Um, like I think everybody was saying, you know, all you got to do is just the hardest part is the inviting part. And I was just thinking about it, you know, inviting people to that or service or whatever. You know, what is the worst that could happen? I mean, the absolute worst is this, they could say no. You know, I mean, that's the absolute worst. But what is on the upside? What is the best that could happen? And so, um, yeah, I mean, just see Pastor Max. So you have questions, um, sign up, you know, right outside. Um, but really, if you have any questions, you know, talk to the Johnsons or talk to uh, Pastor Max and, and, you know, just answer any question um, that you have. I'm also excited, you know, that we're starting a new series today. It's... Um, it's called Shape, move this. Shape to Make a Difference, and, and I'm really excited about this. This is something that we've been working on and, and thinking about. Um, I think it's really, really significant for us as we move forward. And you know, you're going to look, well, you know, there's Alpha and there's Shape and all these things, but they all kind of come together. They all work together because God's got something really exciting for all of us. And so um, as we start, why don't we pray and ask God for some help here. Let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Um, thank you that you work all things together for our good. Uh, you know, even the office, you know, getting flooded out. Um, we haven't shampooed the rug in a long time, so that was a good opportunity, God. So thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. We pray today that you would speak to our hearts, you know, whether it be about the Alpha or whether, whether it be about getting into a small group or whatever it is, God. I pray that every person here would leave um, with an experience with you, that it's more than just coming to a religious service, it's more than just coming to hear about you, it's coming here to meet with you, Lord. And I pray that every person here, every person here would leave with this experience with you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, last week we were um, in Los Angeles taking our daughter up uh, to settle in with, you know, for her um, architect internship, and, and we were there, and, uh, you know, I'm not a museum person at all. You know, really, I'm not. Um, in fact, I'm, maybe I'm the most efficient museum person because, you know, I, can, I, I could probably go to the Louvre in one day, you know, one hour maybe, just run through the thing, and and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I don't, I'm not a museum person, but I, but I love, love, love my daughter. And she loves, loves, loves museums, right? And so while we're up there, you know, in four days, we go to two museums and one observatory, which you know, kind of was museum-like to me, you know? Uh, it was like that. And uh, like I said, that I, I just really, really love my daughter. And so we spent, like, nearly, like, six hours at this place called the Getty, right? And, uh, you know, that was like a per me. I don't think I've ever spent six hours at a museum, you know, and you would have been proud of me because, you know, I wasn't like, 
making all soaking in a corner or whatever. I wasn't like rushing through things and saying, all right, we've seen everything. It was great, you know. They wanted to get the headphones, right? That, you know, you look at every. I was like, oh, no, don't get the, oh, they got the headphones. Had tours, you know, had like an hour, a 45-minute tour on the architect and the art of the place. And I thought, you know, I mean, like, just look at it. I mean, you don't got to have a tour to just look, you know. I mean, that's travertine on the floor. I know that's travertine, you know. But they went on, we went on the tour. In fact, I, we all went, you know, and, and we went on there. And about 15 minutes in, and I, I just had to, uh, I told my wife, uh, I think I'm going to have to sit down somewhere because it was just getting too much for me. But, you know, they, it's interesting stuff, right? Like the ladies talking to the museum, and they said, oh, there's like, can anyone tell us what kind of material this floor, you know, throughout this museum is, you know? So I'm like, travertine, it's travertine, it's travertine. And someone goes, well, I don't know, marble? And I say, yeah, it's travertine, you know? And do you know why it's 30 inches? Um, why the squares are all like, in, starts off with 30 inches and all that? And, uh, and she said it was because, whether it be Socrates or one of those old dudes or something like that, they said that everybody, you need about 30 inches of personal space. And so they kind of, and I thought, okay, that was, see, I learned some stuff at this thing. So, you know, I'm in this square, and I, I thought of Neil Murakami, right? And I thought Neil Murakami probably needs like, you know, three yards of personal <laughs> space, right? But so I'm in, my, I'm in my square, and, you know, I'm just listening to the lady. And, and sure enough, you know, guys walk past, and I go, that's my personal space, <laughs> you know? And uh, but it, was, it was this great place. Uh, my wife and daughter absolutely loved Love that place. And there's like buildings and buildings. I mean, like that's just part of the, the, the stinking, I mean, the museum. You know, that's what it is. And it's like A, B, C, D, E, and there's like buildings, and you go like two, two stories for each building, and there's artwork and all of those things. But, you know, it was really, really a neat place. And, and um, while they're on that guard, uh, guided tour, and I sat on the table, and I just had to rest. Because, you know, I think that was like about two and a half hours in already. You know, it was like rough. I don't think I've ever spent two and a half hours at a museum. But um, I started to look around, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know who took that one, but it was like rough, you know. That was about the four-hour four, four mark. But um, I looked around, and I began to see all the amazing shapes, you know, the sizes. I saw the angles, the texture, you know, just the shades of colors that the, the architect, you know, Richard Meyer had used. He's supposed to be some kind of famous guy. And, and it was amazing, you know. There was like the, the travertine, we had that at our house. It was like tons of that came all the way from Rome, you know, 8,000 or 80,000 years old. I don't know what it was. But I looked at it, and you look at every tile, and each tile is uniquely different. You know, there's no two tile in that place. I was thinking about it. Man, there's like a bazillion pieces of tile, and there's not one, there's not two tiles that are exactly the same here, you know? And, and it made me think of the crea creativity that God, that God has in our world. You know, I started to think about, like, wow, you know, this, this is just a museum, but, but you look around, there's so much creativity in all of creation, you know, and I thought about, like, um, how many varieties of stone uh, that can be used to design a museum. How many, you know, how many, oh, what kind of stone? There's like a bazillion amount of stone, you know? And, and I thought about, like, did God have to create all these varieties? Couldn't he just said, like, you know, I'm going to give them three to choose from. You know, I mean, that's plenty, right? Five, maybe, you know? And I thought, you know, and then I started to think about stuff, and, you know, when I started thinking, you know, all kinds of 
interesting ideas and thoughts come to mind. I thought, you know, like, like Beatles. Like, like, how many Beatles are there in the world? You know, I don't know why I thought of Beatles, you know. And I thought, how many different kinds of Beatles do, do we really need? I mean, really now, how many, how, how many kinds of Beatles, you know? And so I, I Googled and I looked how much Beatles there were. And um, I just kind of re- was reminded of how much God loves variety. Because he didn't have to do all this, but he loves variety. He makes all the, the shapes and the sizes and the colors and all this variety that we have in our world. And, and God made over, and I looked, 300,000 species of beetles. I mean, 300,000 species. And I, and I kind of personally thought that, you know, I mean, uh, how many kinds of beetles do we really need in this world? Right? I mean, you thought about it. 300,000 different kinds. I mean, I mean... I th- I, wouldn't a hundred different kinds of beetles be enough? You know, ten, maybe, ten different kinds of beetles would be enough. But 300,000, you know. And God loves variety, and, 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 and God loves variety in people as well. And it was really interesting, you know, sitting there at the Getty and just looking around and just seeing just all the varieties and the shapes and sizes of people all around this museum from all over the world. You hear languages, and you kind of figure out, what language is that one? You know, and, and Joe goes, what do you think that one is? And I said, I don't know. I said, Joe, we should just start talking pigeon. And they'll wonder, what kind of language is that? You know, but it was really interesting, you know, just sitting around. And I just thought how all this variety of people, and there's not one of them, there's like another one like that person in this whole world, you know. And I thought, man, you know, God just loves creativity loves variety and there's all this variety of people you know and that that each one of them is like absolutely unique and like it says in Ephesians we are his masterpieces you know we saw these masterpieces you know Monet and um, all these guys and sculpture stuff by this Rodin guy and all this and I saw one picture uh, one painting from you know Monet and he's supposed to be like this famous guy right and everybody's like ooing and I and I looked and I said man that looks like three cupcakes you know so I took a picture because my daughter used to like to make cupcakes and I said oh, I'm gonna take a picture because like I didn't know Monet liked cupcakes because it looked like three cupcakes but it was really some kind of I don't know what it was haystacks or something and it was just one dude he was in front of that picture and he was like this you know just like that for like the longest time just like that and I'm, I'm looking at the painting Okay, that's three cupcakes. And I, I'm looking at him, and he's like, mm, just looking. And I, and I was, I was so tempted to go like, hey, like, what are you looking at? Like, I mean, what is it that you see? You know, and, and he, he's, he must have stood there like maybe 15 minutes. And I would walk away, and there he was still back there. You know, and I thought, man, this is like crazy that people get this, this you know, like that. You know, but, but, but we are God's masterpieces that... This almighty, all-knowing, all-wise, all-everything God made us, and he made us amazing, and he made us all absolutely unique, you know. In fact, Psalm 139 says, in verse 13, it says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watch me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. 
How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. And this is what God thinks of us. That how precious are his thoughts about us. That he cares and he loves us so much that the thoughts that he has about you can't even be numbered, he says. And, and what he's saying there is there's some things we can learn, just like some truths we can learn that kind of lays the foundation for this whole series. And, you know, don't just let these truths just kind of like just go in in one ear and come out the other. But, but really let it sink in your heart that the first truth is that you are unique. You know, what he's saying is, is that you're unique, that there's no one in the world like you. There never has been, there never will be. That, that, that God made you different from every other person who's ever lived, you know. And because God is this creative God, he wants you to know just how special you are. And that's why part of the creativity is he wants you to know that, no, you're absolutely special. You're not just one on this assembly line, that you are absolutely his masterpiece and unique and you're wonderful. You know, not only that, is that you're wonderfully complex. You know, that, that how many of you are married to someone who you think is wonderfully complex, right? A lot of us husbands, like, man, our wives are complex. You know, we don't know. You know, they ask us a question and we're kind of like, is, is, is this a trick? You know, I mean, do I really answer this question or if I, I'm going to get in trouble, right? And they're complex. Our minds don't think like our wives' minds at times. And, and the thing is that, that we're all really complex. Um, we're a mystery to ourselves sometimes. You know, there are times when we act in a way that surprises us, right? Like, like whoa, I didn't know I had that in me. Like, you know, we went to the museum. It was like 11.30 and, and we left. It was like five-something. I thought, whoa, I, mean, I never knew I could do like six hours at a museum, man. I think I gotta go home, go to the you know the Academy of Arts. I think I can do like 30 minutes there now, you know. Uh, but but we say things sometimes that later we think, what was I thinking when I said that, you know? Or you felt a certain way and 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 later on thought, you know, I wonder why I I, I feel this way. You know, we're complex and and we're unique. You know, uh, you look at me and you think, man, Mark is like the bravest person ever. That that right? I mean, that's I know that's what you think and that like nothing like bothers Mark. Last week, you know, all week, you know, I had the weepies all week, you know, at the museum, and I had Kleenex with me, and I'm thinking, I'm going to leave my daughter in LA, you know, it was like really bad, you know, and I, I talked to Joe, and I said, Joe, are you sad? And she goes, well, no, not really. She says, but Mark, if you're sad, just cry. That's why God gave us tears. I go, like, <laughs> you know, and I thought, like, like, I mean, I surprised myself, you know, it's like, oh, this is like crazy, you know, and we're complex. The third thing is that that we're shaped for a purpose, that, that God created you not just to live, right? He didn't just say like, well, you know, there's this, you know, just, here's this person, they're just going to live, hopefully they'll make it. No, that he has created us with a purpose in mind, that everything in our world has a purpose, and, and you have a purpose for your life. You're really not an accident. I mean, no, you're not. That's what Psalm 139 is saying, that you were planned before birth, and the truth is you were purposefully, that you were personally, and you were um, really planned and designed by God, that you are the person you are because God wanted you that way. 
you know? And, and if maybe even that truth will set some of us free. Because we look and we think, man, I, I wish I had this. I wish I was like this. I wish, you know, whatever. I, you know, I wish I looked this way. I wish, you know, right? And, and we're always looking at all the, the negative parts in us. But what would happen if we really began to see that, no, God made us just the way he wanted to. And I'm perfect. And God created me for a purpose. I mean, that would change the way we live. And that's kind of what this whole series is all about. Now, we're going to discover um, areas in our lives that we're going to look and we say, you know, God has created us for a purpose, that we are unique, and, you know, we're, we're, just, we're just his masterpiece. And when we look at these areas and we begin to explore and discover these areas, you say, you know, I do have some abilities. I do have some of these things that maybe we'll begin to live according to how God made us and not look at ourselves and think, man, I wish this, that, that, you know, and all these kind of things. And so today as we start up, I just wanted to, to take some time giving you like an overview of the five parts that make up your shape, all right? And we call it shape. It comes from Rick Warren and Saddleback Church, and it's like an acrostic because Rick Warren loves acrostics for everything. And so that's what it is. So there's five parts of our of God-given shape, all right? And, and they're important factors that, that affect all the areas of your life. It affects every area of your life. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about it here. I'm going to encourage you to get involved in the small groups or sign-ups over there because we'll begin to discover in, in greater uh, depth uh, what it is that how God has shaped us. So the first thing is this. The S is spiritual gifts. Okay, the S in shape is spiritual gifts. That's the one area. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. And see, we all have at least one spiritual gift, that we all have been given this gift. And a spiritual gift is not a talent, it's not a skill, it's something that God gives to every Christ follower. He gives to us supernaturally, you know, that he gives us these gifts. And next week what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at these spiritual gifts, what are they, what can they do for you, the whole thing. We're going to go in depth and into what these spiritual gifts are, you know, and that we see that the purpose of these spiritual gifts is to be a blessing to the people around us. That God has given you spiritual gifts to be a blessing to the people around you. And that's really exciting because God in his wisdom said, let's see, let's see, Bill Tomoka. Okay, I'm going to give him these gifts because this is what I want Bill Tomoka to accomplish in, in his life. And so he's going to gift Bill a certain way. All of us have spiritual gifts. Not all of us have them all. And, and we all have different spiritual gifts. <coughs> you know? Some of you have, have the gift of, of um, you know, like, uh, like administration, where you just love, you know, just putting things in order and these kind of things. You know, some of you have the gift of staying 10 hours at a museum. You know, I, I don't have that gift yet. But, but God has given us a bunch of gifts and, and we're going to look how your spiritual gifts can really impact your life, your work, your relationships in every area of your life. The H stands for, in shape, stands for heart. And, and really what it is is like your passions. Okay, what are you, you know, what does your heart get excited about? And 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And he says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And your heart, the heart refers to your passion, that God's going to give you the desire and also the power to, to do what pleases him. And so what this amazing thing is, it God begins to give us this passion for the things he wants us to get involved in. You know, all of us, we get excited about certain things, we care deeply about certain things, and other things, you know, it's like, uh, not so much, right? You know, um, you know not, not all of you are, are all excited about football, and, and, and it's a passion for me, and a big reason for that is when I think of the McKinley High School football team, I, I, I don't see football, I don't see X's and O's, I see, I see young men. And I see young men who are at a real pivotal time in their lives. I see young men who maybe through this game of football, maybe they can make their lives better, you know? And I'm never going to forget, you know, we had this one guy on our football team years ago. And one day I was walking to get some flowers in Chinatown, get a lay. And, and, I, and I walked past and I, I looked over and I, and I saw him. He was in front of a door heading upstairs. And, um, you know, who knows what kind of funny business goes on upstairs in a room in Chinatown where guys are guarding down below. So he's watching, looking out, and he's looking... And, I, and I, you know, he sees me, and he kind of ducks in behind the door. But you know, I just, hey, how's it going? And, and we talked a little bit, and that's what he does every day. So yeah, I come down here, and I just hang out. 20, 20, 22 years old, 21, 22, 23 years old. And his life is hanging out in, in Chinatown, guarding a door, doing whatever they do. And I walked away thinking, you know, Man, there's so much more that this guy could do, you know. That, and I thought, man, we, we got to do better with this football team that, that God has given us the privilege. He's given us the desire and the power to do something there, you know. And I, I thought about it and I said, man, and that's that, that, that image of that guy as I walked away, I mean, that's what keeps me coming back every year. You know, just, you know, what can we do? You know, what we, maybe we can make this, this much of a difference in these young men and this young woman's life. Who, there's a girl playing a receiver in JV, and I just keep saying, don't let her go on the field, please. You know, but, but she's really smart, straight-A student and the whole thing, and, and she's playing. So we'll see. But that's what heart, heart refers to your passions, those things that God gives you the desire and he's going to give you the power to make a difference. The A is abilities. Okay, so S is spiritual gifts, H is heart. The A is abilities. That God has given each one of you these talents and abilities. You know, Exodus 31, 1 to 3, you know. Uh, you know, Lord tells Moses, hey, you know, guys, you know, just here, here's the deal. I got all these people you're going to lead out. And he says, you know, I'm going to fill certain ones the Spirit of God, and I'm going to give different people different skills and talents. I'm going to give you know, wisdom and ability and expertise and all kinds of crafts. Because everything that needs to be done, I'm going to give skills and abilities to each person. So just keep leading people. You know, just keep going where I want you to go. 
Because I'm going to give you the people with the talents to do what needs to be done. And a lot of us think, well, you know, I don't have much ability, right? I mean, if you're like me, you're kind of thinking like that. I think, well, I, I like to play basketball, but I can't dunk, you know? You know, like, um, you know, you watch certain things and, you know, you watch these guys. You watch Jerry Rice on, you know, um, uh, Dancing with the Stars, right? And I'm thinking, Jerry Rice, dancing. I don't like to dance because and, and, real men really don't dance, right? I know, I know if you're a real guy, you know, yeah, you're a real man, we don't dance, right? And part of it is I don't like to dance, right? You know what I mean? And a yellow man can't dance. But anyway, and jump either. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like we all have abilities and skills. That everyone, God has given you abilities and skills. Someone once said that researchers, researchers have shown that an average person has between 500 and 700 different kinds of abilities. And you have many, many different kinds of ability. The problem is we don't recognize what our abilities are. You know, that, that some have a natural ability with mechanical things, with numbers. Some have a talent with people, good with words, you know, music, whatever it is. You know, I remember at, at Castle High School, you know, one of the things, you know, being who I am and, you know, 135-pound guy wearing glasses and a Pan Am bag, you know, the whole thing at Castle High School and, you know, playing, you know, intramural football and basketball and things. And, you know, there are guys that are a lot big. You know, there are guys who probably were shaving since they were like eight, seven and stuff like that. And um, what I learned was that God has given me a, a, a skill and a talent to talk my way out of getting beaten up, right? Because I didn't want to shame these big guys who were like huger and bigger than I was. I didn't want to shame that this little Japanese guy just beating them to a pulp, you know what I mean? That would have been shame for them, right? And I could have, but I didn't want to, you know? And so I just had this ability to talk my way out of it, you know? Like, you know, just one guy, he was like, and they used to call it in you know, local high schools, you know, there's just certain guys in the schools, they're like the bull of the school. That means I was the guy I don't f- fuss with. And there was this guy, you know, Toby Kamakea, he was the guy in our school. He was like about 6'7", as a 7th grader in, in, uh, at King Intermediate. You know, he, he had reached puberty by age 4. You know, these kind of things. He was huge, right? And we are playing, you know, we are practicing for football. So, some, you know, he was saying, hey, where's the football? So I, I saw the football here, I grabbed the football. And I just threw it back to him. Well, somebody called him, and he turned to the guy, and I cracked him right on the head. And then he looked at me. He looked, he goes, who threw that? And I had to have the ability to talk my way out of it. Groveling, groveling is, is, is good sometimes. You know? What I told Toby was, hey, next time, you better look where you, what you got. No, just look away next time. You call for the ball, you better watch. Or you get cracked on the head, you know, that's how come. But I didn't, you know, right? what would happen if I said that, right? Like, they said, you call for the ball, what? You know, no, but I had to talk my way out. I said, your highness, um, you know, just <laughs> really, you know. But we all got abilities, right? And you have abilities. We all have abilities. The guys up here have an ability that I don't have, you know, when they're playing music. So there's our spiritual gifts, there's our heart, there's our abilities. The P is for personality, Right? 1 Corinthians 2.11, no one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except uh, God's own spirit. And we all have this spirit. We all have this personality, you know, that God's created us and gave us a certain 
way we are. You know, personality is often made up of like three things, um, the way we act, the way we feel, and the way we think. You know, everybody has a different kind of personality, right? I mean, look at everybody here, you know, just all, everybody is, is different, and everybody would agree that personality is, is kind of complex, that, um, again, you know, researchers have, have discovered, and, and, you know, sometimes I think all these researcher-type people, you know, 300,000 different kinds of beetles, and all these 500 to 700 different abilities, and, and they're saying that there are 18,000 different personality traits. I think some of these guys should go out and get a life, you know, do something, you know, for, for real. I mean, why? You know, who, who needs to know that there's 18,000 different personality traits? But, you know, it's good to know. But our personality is complex. It's a big part of our, our God-given shape. And, 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 and we really, um, we're going to be looking in depth at how our personality affects who we are and how it can impact the world just by how God has wired us to be the people we are, you know? I mean, you know, it's funny. You look around. We go around, you know, everybody has a little different kind of personality. Vern right there, he's flamboyant. You know, I'm shy, you know, uh, things like that. But we all have a personality. And what it is, is for each one of these parts, spiritual gifts and heart and abilities and, and, and personality and and all these things, there's a, there are exercises that we're going to do in our small groups that are going to help you, you know, figure out, you know, what maybe are your spiritual gifts and what are your passions. What are your, so it's going to be great. I want to encourage you to get into your uh, a small group. The last um, part, the E, stands for experiences. And this is one that a lot of times we kind of overlook. You know, we think, yeah, we got to have spiritual gifts. Yeah, abilities, that's important. Yeah, passion, yeah, that's a good one. You know, personality, I can see that but experiences as well. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, says, we know that God works all things together for our good, right? That everything happens in our lives for our good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And God allows, and God plans, and God allows experiences in our lives to, to help shape us that he in his perfect wisdom allow us to go through things in our lives. He doesn't cause everything to happen in our lives, but he uses everything and he allows us to go through things and that it'll help us to grow and, and help us to learn more about ourselves. You know, this past week, you know, taking my daughter up to L.A. and, you know, I realized just how much I love being a dad. I mean, that's like one of the greatest things that I can be. I, I just love being a father, you know. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I had 25 years, and, and now, you know, she's got to go on. She's got to do this. You know, she's got to start her own life, and she looks so happy. just like, and, you know, this is this whole life in front of her. And I got to let go, you know. But it's painful to do that. I'm thinking, L.A., you know, I, uh, one of my friends, you know, he says, hey, you know, when my daughter went away, I, I got her a personal alarm. That you press the button, it makes a shrill sound, you know, and all this, so scare the guys away. So I, I got her a personal alarm on them, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and what I realized is that, but through this process, you know, I just humbled myself before the Lord, and the Lord began to teach me all kinds of stuff. And just in the midst of all my weepies and all this stuff, you know, God was doing some great things. And that week in LA that I had with, with uh, my wife and I had with our daughter, you know, God truly did cause everything to work together for my good, for our good. And it was great, you know. And I wouldn't have experienced, and we wouldn't have learned, and we wouldn't have gone through, and we wouldn't have experienced certain things if we didn't go through that. 
And God uses the experiences. And, 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 and someone once said, God never wastes a hurt. You see, God never wastes a hurt. The hurts you, that you have in your life, that God's not going to waste those things. He's not causing those things, but he's there with you, that he was there with you. And all those things kind of make up who you are today. And then you're going to find that, that a big part of your shape is, is the experiences that you've gone through. And we're going to go through a little exercise in our small groups. Homework, you fill out that thing, and you get to learn about that. And you see, this, this series is so important because, and exciting to me because once we begin to understand and see how God has amazingly and uniquely shaped us, then we can, we can begin to see how it's going to change our lives. And it's going it's to really help us to see how we can make an impact in our world. You know, I'm excited because... Because God has such an amazing call on this church. You know, I came back from L.A. and I thought, you know what? There's something that God has, is doing. That God has brought us all together for a reason and a purpose. But we need everybody. That every single person has a part. God didn't bring you here by accident. You're here for a reason. And we need each other. And it's something great that's going to happen. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it gives us an awesome picture of what it can look like when everybody in the church knows their shape and begins to walk in who they are and we work together. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, now there are gifts that God has given the church, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, the leaders in the church, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity of our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then it says, when we're all working together, we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, will grow in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I look at that and I think, what an amazing picture of what God wants our church to be. See, that's the picture. I'm so, I said, God, man, may we be a church. I would love to be a church like that. That we would see everybody doing their part, everybody knowing their shape. And we're just moving together. We're making an impact. And we're helping each other grow. And we're getting mature. And I think of all the kids. And I think, man, you know, how great it would be that as we grow, we can raise up the next generations. And that the best we can be in our, in our roof becomes their floor, you know, and they're going to experience so much more. I mean, how great would that be that we all become mature in the faith, you know, that we all become immune to false teaching and deception. I mean, how great would that be that, that we truly make disciples, that we all grow to become more like Jesus because that's what discipleship's all about, that we all fit together perfectly, that every single one of us know that we're important, that, man, I'm important to the body here because we all are, you know, that we help each other grow by doing our parts. 
Wouldn't it be a great thing? We're not just coming to church just to receive something. Oh, yeah, it was great today. You know, it was a good man. I feel kind of inspired. But no, but when we do something, that we're actually helping others grow by, by what we do according to how God has shaped us. Now, how great would that be? And that we're all healthy. All of us are healthy, growing, and we're full of love. And that we can make an impact in this world because God has called, God created us with a purpose. I mean, how great would that be? When we're all functioning in our God-given shape, we experience all that God has for us as an individual and as a church. That's why God is leading us in this series. And so as we start off, here's, I just want to encourage you, three things that you can do, all right? Four things that you can do. One, if God's leading you to get involved in Alpha, then get involved in Alpha, you know? Make every effort to attend our services on Sunday morning because you're going to learn in the next five weeks just one, another area, another part of your God-given shape. And it's going to be so, so, so important. You're going to discover like, wow, you know, God has given me spiritual gifts. What are these spiritual gifts? Come back next week and we're going to talk about that. So make every effort to come. The second thing is take a step of faith and join or, or maybe even start a small group. Right? The small groups are going to be pivotal in this series, and there's sign-ups up there. And if you're a small group leader, you know, I need to talk to you after. I want to give you some material for your small groups. But you know, there's going to be like a study guide. You know, there's discussion questions. And at the end, um, there's this thing called My Unique Shape. And every week, you're going to fill out, okay, here are my spiritual gifts. You're going to write that down. You know, what are my heart passions. You're going to write that down. You know, what are my abilities? You're going to write those things down so you can look and you can say, yeah, that's how God made me and how exciting that would be. And then on the last three weeks of our service, uh, of our series, we're going to have a ministry fair out there where you can go and kind of engage. But, but get involved in a small group because every week you're going to go through the study guide and then we're going to give to all the small group leaders all these different exercises. Yeah, there's an exercise for every week. How do you discover your spiritual gifts? Well, there's this exercise right here. You know, um, how, do I, how do I determine what my heart? How do I take my spiritual EKG? You know, what's my heart and my passion? Well, there's a, a, a worksheet for that. You know, what are my abilities? Uh, you say I have abilities. What are they? Well, you know, there's some abilities here. We don't have all 18,000 of them, but, you know, there's a whole bunch. And you can get a good start of what your abilities are. And then, you know, your personality. Some of you have taken Myers-Briggs, and that's kind of what that is. It's always good fun to take that. And you're like, yeah, this is why I'm an ENJP or whatever you are. You look at what you are. And it's like, yeah, you know, I knew you were weird. Yeah, you're in the weird place. You know, all that stuff. And it's fun. And it's fun for experience. Every week, you know, you're going to come together. Small group leader is going to give you an exercise. You're going to go home. You're going to do it. Next, you're going to come back and going to just laugh at each other and have fun, you know. But that's what it is. So get involved and take the step of faith and get involved in a small group. And then, like I said, the third thing is just get in the game. Get in the game and, and, and sign up to join a ministry during our, our ministry fair. It's going to be fun. There's going to be different ministry opportunities. And you've been coming and think, yeah, maybe I should get involved somehow. Well, you know, just sign up for something. Or if you don't know, you think, well, I, I kind of want to sign up. I don't know what it is. You know, we'll have some people kind of help you to kind of point you in the right, right direction. The whole goal with the ministry fair is not to fill up slots, but it's to put you where and how God has shaped you. 
That's the most important thing. Not to fill away. We need, some, we need a teacher in third grade Sunday school. You know, let's see, who's breathing? Vern, you're breathing. Come on, go over here. Well, you don't know. But who are the people who's shaped to, to enjoy being a Sunday school teacher? That's the people we need there. That'd be great for that person. It's great for our kids, right? And so that's what this series is all about, that we're going to have a great time together over the next five weeks just to learn and to discover what our God-given shape, right? And so it's going to be great. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Let's start off this series and get excited about what God wants to do. If you're a small group leader or if you're thinking about maybe you want to start a group, just come see me after and i got stuff for you, all right? But let's pray. Father, thank you for your great and awesome love for us. That you created us. You didn't just make a cookie cutter thing. It wasn't a conveyor belt but you fearfully and wonderfully made us that uh, even before we were born, you designed us to walk in these good works that you prepared for us to walk in and you shaped us to accomplish everything you had for us. You've even given the desires in our hearts and the power to accomplish what you want us to do. Thank you that we are here for a purpose, God. May in the next five weeks tap into that that's when life really begins to make sense. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless. There's some, you know, because of the way God has shaped Karen Gardner, you know, we have like really good food back there. So, you know, make your way back there and enjoy Karen's shape, you know. And then uh, sign ups out here. Sign up for a small group. And if you're a small group leader, come up and uh, I'll give you some things and also sign up for Alpha out there, right? God bless.